is the Canucks Central Post Game Show. Howden gets it back. Goes to the point for Petrangelo. Long shot. Got through on Demko. Made the save. Rebound in front. They score. William Carrier at the top of the crease on the far side as his second of the game. And Vegas answers back to make it 4-3. Marchessault behind the goal. Centering pass at the far post. Riley Smith jams it home. As the Golden Knights get in on the four check and Smith is there to cash inside of the net and Vegas has tied the game at four. With the instant reaction from the players and coaches. Petrangelo, he scores! Petrangelo cutting into the slot, received the beautiful pass from the far wall. Of the official home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Canucks lose 5-4 at home ice against the Vegas Golden Knights. Had a two-goal lead in the third period, but the Golden Knights came storming back to win this game 5-4 here at Rogers Arena. Phone boards are open 604-280-0650, and so is the text inbox 650-650. And this is the Canucks Central Post Game Show on Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Satyar Shaw with Bik Nazar, and let's bring in color analyst for the Sportsnet 650 broadcast alongside the call of... Brandon Batchelor, Randy Janda into the discussion. And, Randy, if you guys are talking about it, Canucks had an opportunity tonight. And, hey, you can talk about Vegas having more chances and maybe being, you know, the better team on the whole. You had a two-goal lead. You had an opportunity to win this game. And they just coughed it away. And they even got a break. I mean, uh, you got a goal disallowed because uh, the puck hits the camera, camera operator's lens that goes off his... Uh, goes off his camera, hits the ice, the referees review the play, the goal gets taken out, it's back to being a 4-4 game after three unanswered goals by the Vegas Golden Knights, and you thought, okay, that's a break you needed. Now take this home or at least get it to overtime, but the Canucks could not do that. No, they didn't have the poise down the stretch, unfortunately, and listen, credit to them to put up those four goals to start off, but what do we know about Vegas? On their night, when they're playing right, they they can prevent a lot of goals, but they're also a top-scoring team in, in this league, and when they're playing north to south and they're playing that game, uh, they're going to put up a fair number of goals. And, and it feels like for 40 minutes, they had the pressure, but it was maybe not hitting the top gear that they can. And the Canucks, as a result, had an opportunity in this game. You play a rope-a-dope, you give up the shot attempts, you give up the high-danger chances, the scoring chances, and your goalie is confident. But you build that lead, and that's where you have to lock down a game. Yeah. And I know the Canucks are not defensive dynamos. They're not going to be in a position to play like the, the devils of uh, you know the trap era. But the fact is, at some point, this team is going to have to lock it down. And they're going to have to, to you know show that poise and get in those shooting lanes and not have a bit of a fire drill in their own zone. In the final five minutes of this game, guys, that's what it looked like. And they got lucky that Riley Smith hit the post and Marcheseau hit the post. Otherwise, this game could have been iced a lot sooner. Well, it certainly could have. And I mean... Honestly, like I, I, I hate making this about goaltending because the Canucks obviously had some breakdowns and all that sort of stuff, but you kind of need to save in the third period. And, and Demko, I mean, you had a two-goal lead, and he didn't look right in the third. He played great, I thought, for 40 minutes, about 50 minutes of this game. He looked really good. I, I thought the first two goals you couldn't really fault him on. Deflections, yeah. But I don't know, man. That third period, he looked pretty shaky. It was kind of embodied by that goal that was called back too, right? Because that's yep. a rebound you'd expect him to swallow up and it gets thrown right into the middle of the ice and uh, you know the first period he looked so good and it felt like okay building upon what happened on Friday night and you know 
Dan Rito and I talked about in the second intermission, the play behind the net in the second inter- in the second period, where he kind of misread the puck coming towards him, and it created this chance, and Myers and Patterson kind of bailed him out. After that, man, he looked really shaky, and the goals, you know, five came after that. But up until that moment, he looked locked in and, and sat, yeah, like I, I know the first two aren't really on him, but he just didn't look the same after that moment for whatever reason. Yeah. It's not like a, a goal was scored on that on that chance there, but... It, it just didn't look like as solid as, as the opening 20. Yeah, and behind the net there, I believe it was March or so that caused that, and a little casual from from Thatcher getting back there. But the fact is, you know, from that moment on, and he did look pretty confident before that, to your point. Yeah. Rebound control was great prior to that point, but that goal that was disallowed, you know, he got kind of bailed out on that one yeah. because the rebound on that was, what, chest level and just spilled out to the middle of the ice. So I think, you know, when you look at the imbalance or or you could say maybe the the high danger chances and listen Vegas we knew what they were going to be five on five and they were exactly that tonight they created the chances they created offense uh, I think Thatcher Demko they could have used a save they could also used when you don't have that much puck possession in the offensive zone you're probably not going to get that many penalties called against the opposition and they didn't have that either guys and, and then just think of the the other goal then too it's the, the Riley Smith one it's he kind of throws it into William Carlson, yeah, and that starts that whole sequence off, right? And handling the puck was a bit of a an issue tonight for Thatcher Demko, who came off such a great game on Vegas. And again, the opening twenty, he, he was really strong, and it just really unraveled. And and you know there have been nights when we can say, okay, the defense in front of him really didn't help him out. This one's not specifically on him because there's other culprits, but yeah, no, I know, but hey, but but you know what? The the save of the game was made by Elias Pedersen. Mm-hmm. What a beauty! And, and I'm and I'm wow. not and I'm not trying to be funny. I'm just like honestly, two, like, like you the go other back one, one goes the second admission, yeah, the second period. Like Myers makes a play, yeah, Pedersen makes this play, yeah, that yeah, that was on those two. So I mean, that could have been six. And then the empty netter was when Pedersen, you know, stacks the pads, essentially. That was, uh, that was a Rene Higuita. It's World yeah. Cup time, guys. That was almost <laughs> Scorpion save yeah. from Elias Pedersen. Yeah, no, it was. That's a great pull, but I mean. It, it's a problem, right? And we talked about the first game, about, you know, last game, how good he played. And if the Canucks are going to have a chance here against Vegas, they're going on the road yeah. to play Vegas too. And guess who they're playing next? The Colorado Avalanche. I mean, I hear that team's pretty good. So it's like, if you're going to have a chance, you, you need Demko to not just be decent, to be good. And even if you want to, you know, make excuses for him, he wasn't good enough again tonight. And if your star goalie isn't good enough for you when you score four goals, that's a problem. Against L.A., he had a game where he was oozing confidence and the team benefited from that. They looked confident. They actually looked very confident at the beginning of that third period where you get goals, you get some support, and now you're looking at your guy to make you one or two saves. That's that's what you're looking at there. And when the goalie does not give you confidence, when Thatcher Demko does not give him confidence, uh, we see what this team can become, right? So I think we kind of got a little bit of a microcosm of what the Canucks season was at the early part of the year where, hey, when Thatcher's not feeling 100% it, this yeah. team does not play confident either. No, I, I get it. And Holden Apoko actually makes a good point. He says, as frustrating as this season has been, I didn't mind this loss. At least there was a concerted effort and we played a cohesive team game. Because I think as much as the Canucks gave up some chances... Sure. 
it wasn't as bad as we've seen. And, and maybe it's a low bar we're talking about relative to the other performances so far this season and everything. But if we're talking about incrementally getting better, this is a tough opponent. Vegas is one of the best teams in the league. Best this in the season. West right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's a really good hockey team. They are going to have the run of play. They are. They were always going to be the better team, and they yeah. were always going to have the advantage tonight. The question was, how much can you limit them? And overall, I thought they did a fairly decent job with it. Like, they were in the game. They scored four goals here tonight, you know? And. Demko's going to figure it out. Demko's going to be fine long-term. Like, I believe that still. But as we sit here and talk tonight, he gave him a chance the first 40 minutes of this game. I really thought he did. And there were a lot of chances in tight for Vegas 5-on-5 through 40, which he was very good at. But then you you have a two-goal lead in the third, and that's where you need your goalie to make that big save. What do we talk about now, especially within the highs, how, how high scoring the league is? Like, just make a few more saves than the other guy, right? That's essentially what it is. Like, you might give up four, but make sure you win that game, you know? Like, if you're giving up three and four, you got to make sure you win those games. And right now, they're not when they're scoring four goals, and that is a problem. And to be fair, though, you know that one goal that Mark Stone set up Petrangelo, the last one? Uh, Mark Stone's got all the time in the world there, and Petrangelo creeps in. And listen, that's when you're playing Vegas, that's one of the dangers. Their yeah. defense activates like crazy, and they're going to beat you. Petrangelo, three-point night tonight. He's got 20 points on the year. You have to be mindful of that. He comes in back door, ends up scoring that goal. Like, yeah, Demko making that save, it's going to be a tough one because his the guy in front of him gets beat. So I'm yeah. not pinning every goal on him, but the fact is there's a couple of things late in this game that went against him. You could use a save, but there was also just moments where you know, kind of sat, sat back on that play and yeah. you get beat and your goalie can't save you. It's a tough one, too, because we talked about the, the last post game that a lot of these losses had come out of division, out of conference, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Here was an opportunity to say, hey, this is a divisional game. Keep ourselves in the chase here. And, man, it's a multi-goal lead again. We've talked about this as well. Six coming into the year, into tonight. Multi-goal lead's blown. The record is 13. They're yep. now at seven. Seven. And it's game 19. Seven multi-goal So the question I have is, and I mentioned this as we were signing off the actual the game broadcast, um, it's going to be a tough one to stomach in the room. I know there's a lot of positive texts, as you mentioned, saying, hey, this is Vegas. How do you think the guys are taking it in the room? Though? I, I don't. That's a, as a player, you're saying, no, nah, man, there's no way we should be losing that game. No, they should. I mean, uh, you know, and I think the positive isn't so much about, oh, yeah, you know, be happy with the loss. Like, that's not how I'm viewing it. Nope. But it was, they were, we've seen this team be so poor on some nights and when it's like I don't care who the goalie is you're losing this hockey game like that's how poorly you played yeah. it wasn't one of those games tonight and I think that's part of the frustration with how this all kind of unfolded this evening part of the plan was hey you're going to battle 5-on-5 five five, but you also know that there's a very strong team in front of you you're kind of playing a bit of rope-a-dope it worked to a certain point what's what's key in rope-a-dope guys you still need that last line of defense to do the job for you right and that didn't work tonight. No, absolutely not. Randeep, great stuff, man. Alongside Brendan Batcher, we look forward to chatting with you on Wednesday when the Canucks, well, they keep things going, this time in Colorado against the Avalanche. Gets easier. <laughs> Cheers, boys. <laughs> much easier, much easier. Uh, that is Randeep, Jenna. Keep getting your thoughts into our Dunbar Lumber text inbox, 650-650. I'll go to Bick here in a second to read a few. You can also grab a phone line, 604-280-0650 or toll-free, 650 and uh, we'll go to the phone boards and get your takes here coming up in a few minutes. And, uh, you know, it's not just about Demko, but but to me, when I look at how this game was lost, yes, how the team played, you, you can obviously have some criticisms, the overall team game and Vegas being the best, better team and all that, but I still can't wrap my head around, or or I should say I can't get past the idea, or the fact, I should say, that the Canucks scored four goals tonight against Vegas, 
and lost the game. And too many nights this season, they have scored enough to win, and they're not winning those games. Part of it does come down to the fragility the team shows because you've seen it too. Mm-hmm. Like you, you know, like you mentioned, as soon as that goal the goal is against them and, and it's and it's four three, and it's like all of a sudden, okay, you start realizing things are are going well, sideways uh, here. To be honest, it was one nothing. In fifty five seconds, Vegas raises their level, and it's two one. And you think, okay, was that the punch that kind of takes the win out of the sails? And what happens? Horvat, Chen, Pedersen, they. The thing that we always look for is. The answer. Yeah. And they had the answer. How are you going to respond? They yeah. did. Yeah. They absolutely responded through the intermission, have a chance to sit down and, and just kind of refocus, and they come out, and, you know, they, they get their goals, and they're up 4-2, and then there's that next level of push from Vegas, and the game constantly escalated tonight. You know, the first period was very much just throwing a couple of jabs, seeing what's available, and as the game progressed, it constantly escalated. Canucks matched it. And at some point, Vegas just had a little bit more. No, for sure. Uh, let's go to the full, uh, let's go to the text inbox six fifty six fifty. Alvin, the worst GM in the league. Uh, <laughs> who who would sign injury prone players like Besser and uh, J T. Miller? So there you go. As far as the positive ones, there's one coming in the other way. Hey, remember when you guys were talking about playoffs? LMAO. That is Dan from Kelowna. Like we said, people text in and we give the numbers for the playoff chase. People text in after the last game. Guess and said, what? We're gonna do it again tonight. We'll do it again tonight. And this this time it won't look. Is good for the Canucks because the the playoff bar will look different. It's just the reality of the post game. Should we keep tabs of the standings and what it means for the team after they lose and win hockey games? Uh, possibly the this text here. Possibly the worst twenty minutes of Demko's career. Vegas could have had six or seven in that period. He looked small, couldn't control rebounds and easy shots. Two really soft shots that beat him and hit the post. So sad. What happened to him? Should we consider firing Ian Clark? No, I, I'd say I, I think that. You don't consider firing Ian Clark at all. I think, if anything, you look at Spencer Martin, how well he's played, and you can look at you know working with Ian Clark and Curtis Sanford last year, some of the other steps the goalies have taken. Demko's going to find his game. Again, he will like, get better. I, I but know that's tough to see, but like he will be fine. He will, but the thing is, I don't know when it's going to happen. And that's a problem. It may not be enough time. I mean, hey, maybe this season is going to be a tough one for him. We don't know. Like He has quality, and Ian Clark is a good goalie coach. But you also can't get past the reality that as we speak today, he's not helping the team win. And that's a big, big problem. Uh, this one, Alan from Richmond. Canucks simply have far too many players that process the game far too slowly. And in a night where it's a direct contrast to players like William Carlson, Mark Stone, Jack Eichel, Marcheseau, Riley Smith, Petrangelo, and, you know, like Riley Smith had so many subtle plays just on a back check where he just took a stick, poked the puck free, or intercepted it cleanly. Like he had a great defensive game tonight. Riley Smith did, and just time and time again, like the puck just found Marsha So in a spot, and he's able to get it clear. Mark yeah. Stone, man, he's a fun, fun watch for as much ferociousness as he plays. I can't believe how slow the game goes when the puck hits his stick. It's a real treat to watch yeah. sometimes, but he's, he's always tremendous. in the right spot. He plays with such great leverage constantly, and yeah, like that's a great point from Allen from Richmond because there are stretches of time when you just see like they're kind of trying to catch up to the play, and Vegas Golden Knight players are just 
flowing within the play. Well, they're just a much better, faster hockey team, and the, the level of skill all, all overall and how it all meshes together is just far more cohesive than what Vancouver has going for them. All right, keep the thoughts coming into the text inbox. We'll, we'll get to more of those coming up in a second, but let's go to the phone boards, and we'll start things off on Kingsway, where our good friend PK is on the line. PK and Kingsway. Oh. Uh, first hey, first call of the season, man. What's happening, buddy? What's up, man? It's it's going all right. You know, uh, I missed you guys. Hey, Bick, right? Tractor ride still waiting for you. Cold winter, eh? Got to focus on the little things, though. You guys see that between the wickets, puck in deep by motorboat? Dump of the season. No analytics needed. Okay, how about the Nux faithful? Wooing, literally, is the Golden Might scored kind of awkward, right? Wild, wild <laughs> west, third period, fellas. Gotta have your guns drawn. It's actually been quite comical with the couple Gino leads seemingly cruising to a much needed double the home sheet, and we gotta rely on a camera in the hole call for collateral to work on getting our carcass back into contention. Still can't make it happen. I'm rattled, boys. Okay, PD second effort, though. That was a positive. Lazar, man, guy's an absolute menace. Want to see him on the whiteboard every night. Dave and Karen, as rattled as we are after his jobber net crash tuck got called off. Well, join the misery, right? I tried to put myself out already more than once this season, okay? How do you guys keep even showing up to work, man? Cam's lucky. If I was you guys, I'd take my talents to South Beach, man. All right, good night, fellas. That's it. See ya. <laughs> PK, thanks for the phone call, man. Listen, uh, never feel sorry for Bick and myself. We're always happy to be here. When, like, they can lose 82 games, and I'll still be here, and we'll have some fun. And Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be what I want it to be, and it's not going to be... That's like Jay-Z, man. Nets could go over 82, <laughs> and he's going to be here. I'm going to be Ball here. Ball so hard. Ball so hard. It doesn't matter, man. Postscape so hard. <laughs> <laughs> it don't matter. I- I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. But hey, um, you know the-, the whole camera thing too. It's bizarre. It's just really- just enjoy it for what it was. Honestly, it's bizarre. It's gonna be a quirky thing that we talk about I- in the I- season. I-, I was hoping the Canucks would win because the content would have been fantastic for the post game show. Sure. The camera camera operator MVP camera operator star sign up. I mean, the camera operator at that moment made a top five defensive play for the Canucks this season. 100%. I, I have a poll right now. Uh, if you want to go to at Nazar on Twitter. Uh, again, just just jokes for 60. Best uh, Canucks efforts on the defensive zone this year. Stillman, OEL, other, or camera lens. And uh, camera lens is running away with it right now. 73%. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's honestly the play of the year so far for the Canucks back in. Uh, and, and it's the cameraman. All right, let's 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 continue uh, the postgame show. 650-650. Uh, let's go to Langley where Jake is on the line. Jake, thanks for calling in. Uh, what do you have for us tonight? Oh, boy. Um, can we, like, and with all due respect, can we shoot Riley Stillman to the moon or something? I, I, I can't watch him play anymore. I, I've, I've been watching uh, Canucks hockey for, I don't know, 20 years, 25 years now, and he, he is unbelievably bad at playing hockey, and, and I, I'm not understanding why Bruce seems to really love him. Let me ask you guys a quick question. How many minutes do you think Riley Stillman and Tyler Myers both played tonight? Uh, I looked earlier uh, while the uh, game was going on. So I know Tyler Myers played at least 22. 22-46, uh, I believe. Yeah, and Riley Stillman, I think, had close to 18. 17-12. There you go. Yeah. Close to 18 minutes for Riley Stillman. And what was, yeah. what's fascinating to me, and I, I don't know what it is. I really don't understand because like, I'm kind of tilted tonight because Burroughs does not play once again. And I can truly and honestly say that Burroughs is probably the second best, maybe the third best defenseman on this team. 
And there's not a lot of argument, or in my, in my opinion, in that fact. So the fact that he's not playing makes no sense. Guys, I'm just choked. Uh, not Mr. Nice Guy today. Uh, I'm just pissed off, and I uh, just hope you guys have a good show. All right, cheers. Hey, hey Jake, uh, thanks for the phone call. That's Jake and Langley calling in. I mean, hey, we can go over all those decisions, too. I don't know if it makes any sense. I mean, and Riley Stillman on the ice with two goals against tonight at 5-on-5. Five five. Tyler Myers on for three on 5-on-5. Five five. Um, I mean... Did I think Stillman was the problem on a lot of plays? I'm not sure. I actually thought he had a couple of plays tonight which were better than what it was mm-hmm. in the past. But I completely agree. I mean, Burroughs isn't playing, and he's been the better hockey player. I mean, hey, here's a reality, and we've talked about this so many times on the postgame show. This team is flawed. This team has issues. This team needs a lot of restructuring and, and, re, and, and changing. But as far as individual games go and the position they put themselves in, the frustrating part is... It's your best players oftentimes, Bick, and it's your highest paid players, and they're the ones who are too often coming up short in big moments for this team. And that's been the reason why they find themselves with only 15 points through the first 19 games of the season. We, we keep having to say, it's like, are they outscoring their problems? And realistically, we're talking about JT Miller and Bo Horvat. Yeah. Right? Because even tonight, Elias Pettersson, okay, he's on the ice for that Riley Smith goal. I, I would chalk that up more to scramble drill. You know, Demko throws it into Carlson, and you're just going to have to figure out who picks the who, and, and it, it, it's chaos in that moment. But, you know, that's the only goal against that Elias Pettersson is on the ice for. Uh, that line tonight was really good. And honestly, the, the Joshua line was really good tonight, I thought, too. Uh, obviously, they get the goal that's called back, but they wind up being on the ice for the Luke Shen goal as well. Uh, I, I thought they were reasonably, obviously, they were on the ice for the Carrier goal late, too. But, you know, by and large, I, I thought they had a decent night. Um, it, it's, you know, Garland had a rough game, so he got switched out of, off that line. And It didn't take long. I was talking to Dan on the pregame, and I said, essentially, yeah. I mean, Garland was on borrow time. As soon as Garland does a little bit of, you know, reverting back or not being on top of his game, you know Bruce is going to go to Besser right away. And it only took about 20 minutes for him to do so tonight. But Brock's out there, and again, he had a nice assist, obviously, but... Was he contributing defensively strongly? Like, he's kind of at fault for that Petrangelo goal. Not kind of. He's And, and this is the puzzling thing. He's staring right at Pet- Petrangelo. Yeah. Shoulder checks a couple times to make sure where he is. And doesn't take away the lane for Petrangelo to get in there. And Petrangelo gets two whacks at it. Mm-hmm. And suddenly you're down 5-4 late in the game on something that you absolutely can control of just where you are positioned to take away the space for Petrangelo. And I'm just uh, taking a peek at it now. Uh, yeah, Brock's a dash two. You know, JT's a dash three. Uh, it's rough. And honestly, yeah, I, I didn't think JT had that bad of a game defensively. Well, it wasn't good. But I mean, he had the one chance to get the puck, and he missed it along the boards. Yeah. And that led to them keeping the puck in and led to the goal against them. So, I mean, he wasn't good defensively. I thought Bo on the second, the Carrier goal. I know you guys talked about it. I talked about it on TV as well. Yeah. Loses the draw, loses inside positioning to Carrier, and the puck goes off and it but goes the, in. But the turnover to, to lead that all off, yeah. right? It's like, like these are the unforced errors that we're talking about. Besser can get in that lane and prevent Petrangelo. But... They don't switch they don't. on. They don't mentally engage. And and, and the thing is, these the, are details. And the details, and then they're not getting the saves to build them out. And hey, and maybe it's unfair to say you know Demko needs to make some of these saves or whatever. But tonight it wasn't as egregious defensively as, as we've seen in the past. And it needed some big saves, and they weren't able to get it. And, and that's been the big problem here tonight. And this uh, text coming in six fifty six fifty. We'll get to the other one in just a second here. But Tim in Vancouver, it's time to stop using Horvat line 
uh, the Miller line as the matchup line. They just can't do it. Uh, maybe time to use our best player and best defensive forward in that role. Seen enough of Stillman, too. Uh, what does this guy bring to the table? So we kind of touch on the Stillman thing. I, I'm just as confused as a lot of people. Kyle Burroughs deserves to be in the lineup, has earned the opportunity to be in yeah. the lineup consistently. I don't know why it doesn't happen uh, outside of, hey, it's just a veteran you can trust. and I don't know how you can trust that. But the, the Pedersen thing is, is absolutely I'm comple- true. I'm completely with them. And, and the the text I was going to read, same thing. For once, please let Bold Miller's offense shine and leave the matchup duty to Petey. It should absolutely be a thing. Um, and it, it just, like, maybe it's because Kuzmenko and you don't trust him in that spot. But then... I, I don't like. I, are you just pigeonholed to doing that, or in, well, in tough minutes can you put Brock out there? I know it's not a ringing endorsement, but I but understand like not trusting the guy. But I mean, don't don't results tell you everything you need to know? Yeah. JT's been on the ice now for 15 goals against at even strength, I think, or 14 or whatever it is on the season. And that's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's not good, you know. And obviously he's struggling. We talk about Bose and his struggles and everything, but JT's been on the ice for more, and he's had his big struggles yet. And here's the other thing about we talk about. Uh, being cleaner on your changes and everything like that. JT Miller played 21 minutes and 42 seconds tonight, right? So he ended up playing about a minute and 30 seconds roughly. Yeah, a minute and 30, exactly. 90, 90 seconds longer than Elias Pettersson. Guess who had more shifts tonight? JT Miller. Pettersson. Oh, did he? Pettersson had 25 shifts, J- shifts. JT Miller had 23. What does that tell you? That means the average shift length mm-hmm. is not great for JT. 56 seconds. And for and for Pedersen is forty eight. Bo's a bit higher too at forty at fifty two. But Pedersen is very 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 disciplined in getting off the ice on time, and that's why you don't see him sucking wind, being tired, chasing around because he gets off the ice before any of that stuff ever happens. And and that's the problem too. How many times do we see these guys be on the ice for a long time and they get hemmed in and, and goals get scored against them? All right, uh, keep your thoughts coming into the text inbox six fifty six fifty. We'll get back with more of your thoughts and we'll go to the phone boards as well six zero four two eight zero zero six fifty. Plus, we'll hear from head coach Bruce Boudreau as the Canuck Central Post Game Show rolls on on the home of your Canucks Sportsnet six fifty and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Now more of the Canucks Central Post Game Show. Join the discussion. Text us at 650-650 or call us at 604-280-0650. This is the official home of the Canucks. Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. For Stone in the slot. Down low for Stevenson. Centering pass cleared from the goal mouth by Tyler Myers. And Martinez gets it top of the point. Left wing for Stevenson. Far circle Stone back to the near side. Petrangelo, He scores! Petrangelo cutting into the slot, received the beautiful pass from the far wall and beats Demko on the backhand. And this one will count for the Golden Knights. They go up 5-4 to four with 5.46 left in the third. And that is the final score. Vegas 5, Vancouver 4. Canucks lose on home ice despite having a two-goal lead in the third period. And this is the Canucks Central postgame show on Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Keep getting your thoughts into our Dunbar Lumber text inbox, 650-650. You can also grab a phone line, 604-280-0650. And uh, before we go to the phone boards, Vic, a lot of reaction on our text inbox, 650-650. I know Colin and Caribou and others are saying, you know, I'm so tired of this team taking shortcuts. It is time to rebuild. That's been a common theme, of course, on the post-game show. Top uh, conversations of rebuilding and making trades as fans are getting more and more sick after every loss. 
uh, that happens game after game here. So uh, that is obviously a big part of the discussion in our text inbox after every loss. But what else is popping on the text inbox? Babe? Yeah, a lot of people just finding different uh, players here uh, for their defensive liabilities. Uh, Jay's texting in. It's it's Bessery's a defensive liability. Uh, big change in the roster is long overdue. You know, Lucas is texting in and say Myers and Stillman. Uh, I get the whole left-right thing, but uh, those two are easily our most sort of hazardous DMN. Uh, having them together is basically handing the other team high danger scoring opportunities. Tyler's talking about it. A lot of people coming in about certain players uh, just in the defensive zone. Uh, but I do want to read this one from Tyler here. Let's be real, guys. This is probably it for Bruce, isn't it? Uh, I, I still don't uh, look at this stat and I say, oh boy, there's there's that one result that's going to flip things for Bruce Boudreaux. I just I, I just don't sense the urgency from above to say, okay, now we have to do this right now. We've talked about this a lot here on this post game show. You can go back. It's just uh, uh, unless there was constant traits where you're looking at and saying um, these decisions are leading constantly to these these goal these leads being flipped over um, then okay you can say hey it's getting so bad but you know the, the last few games I would I would agree with a lot of Bruce Boudreaux's decisions outside the Riley Stillman thing but that first you know 12 games there were so many decisions that were puzzling that didn't really translate uh, but these last few I would say you know Bruce has kind of hit the right notes but tonight it's like tonight's not on Bruce no tonight's not I mean they had a 4-2 lead in the third Bruce can't – he can't go out there and defend for them. No, and listen – He can't go in net and strap up the pads for himself. I've been mentioning this for a while, and, you know, I mentioned this last week. I had the boring updates because my updates right. were probably nothing's going to happen, not right now at least. They don't expect uh, the coach to get fired anytime soon. The Canucks want to make trades. That is their priority. They'd rather make trades than fire anybody, but nothing is close, and it's going to take a while for some trades to go down. That's really been my take. And that's my take again here today. I don't think this loss really changes much there. Do we get to a breaking point? Yeah, I mean, we are entering all bets are off territory, Bick, where, yeah, things can change pretty quickly. It all depends on what's happening behind the scenes, but... I don't think this game was a game you point at Bruce Boudreaux and say he was the problem. Uh, 650-650, Alistair in Clearwater. This team has no killer instinct to get Mm -hmm. insurance goals, no defensive awareness to protect Mm -hmm. the league, and no heart to push back when things get tough. This is what an all-in, quote-unquote, team is doing 20 games in. I kind of disagree on the all-in thing. I get it. Uh, You know, they, They have so much money committed and they are capped out. It is a different management group. You know, how much money do you assign to this group and say, okay, this is what you've spent uh, on this team? For me, it's 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 like less than ten million dollars. It's 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 about that. Like the JT Miller contract hasn't kicked in, so I'm not applying the last year of his deal to them. But like they signed Mikheyev, they bring in Lazar, they bring in Kuzmenko. You know, Stillman is the one that they take on. Ethan Bear they take on Spencer Martin. That's about everything as far as the money that they've added to this. It's not all in, but they certainly pushed forward with the same group. Sure. And they added to the group. But some of it is also going to come off the books at the For same sure. time. But but they did look at the team last year, and they didn't take anything significant off, and they actually added to the team. So not that it was a double down, but it was certainly a endorsement, right? Like, Or at the very least in terms of your posture coming into the season. And I, I'd say the lack of heart, yeah, I mean... I do think at times I can think that's that that's 
that can be true about this team and everything like that. I don't know if it's 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 not caring or lack of heart. I've been mentioning it's a lot of arrogance they have. I think it's a lot of um, immaturity in their games. And one thing they lack is poise. Not a lot of poise yeah. in their game. As soon as things start snowballing, they start falling apart, and and things really snowball on them really really quickly. And I think that lack of poise is a real it's a real big problem, especially when you have players who are high paid and they're leaders. Uh, I'll read one more text here. Uh, Grimace in Ladner. Where can we find the Lazar version of D-Man? This defense just doesn't compete hard enough in front of the net. Too soft, too lazy, unbearable to watch. At least Burroughs competes. Another uh, endorsement for Kyle Burroughs. And we did get a tweet here saying uh, from uh, at Nabatron. I think the reason Burroughs is scratched uh, in favor of Stillman is the right-hand, left-hand situation. That's uh, not really just, working out. No, that that's fine. I, I, like, I, I understand that. Like, I understand the reasons why Stillman is in, okay? But when you're not performing, that's what I don't understand. Like, when it's not working, that's <laughs> the thing you go, it's like, maybe we should just play the other guy. It's just it's just not working. No, I know. Exactly. That's all. 100%. No, 100%. Uh, I like this <laughs> tweet from Travis. Has anyone tried unplugging, unplugging Thatcher Demko for 10 seconds? And <laughs> see if you plug him back in, if he'll be okay again. Perhaps. We'll see. All right, let's continue on the phone board. 604-280-0650. Uh, and let's go to Terrace, where Aiden is on the line. Aiden, thanks for calling in. Uh, what do you have for us tonight? Oh, how's it going this, or this afternoon? Whatever Good, man. It is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, I was watching the game. Uh, first time I actually watched the game, I usually listen to it on the radio, but I actually watched it today, and... Uh, well, that was a. Uh, I feel like that was a good effort. Like even though like they let three goals down in the third period, and like Demko is not really on his game this year. I believe he'll pick it up. Um, they kind of have their mojo back a little bit, and might get back on the win column, and hopefully. The next couple games against Colorado and the Golden Knights again do go their way. Um, it's just uh, it was just a ho- kind of a horrible thing that uh, they let um, they went up four two and then let three goals in. What was it like eight minutes? They let three goals in. It was just kind of um, unfortunate, I guess. So I hope they uh, yeah. get back on their feet. And I hope they can get some wins. And I hope uh, they the problem isn't goal te- or their problem isn't scoring. Their problem is goaltending. They know how to score get score goals. Like they've they've scored goals this season. They just have to get um, goaltending. Um, I think they might need a goaltending change for a little bit, or they might need um, something else. But for sure, they need uh, they need to do something. Yeah. Hey, thanks for the phone call, Aiden. That's Aiden calling in from Terrace. I mean, goaltending, I, I would say more than goaltending. Like, yes, tonight I thought goaltending was the main reason they lost this game ultimately, but it's a combination of goaltending and defense for the majority of the season. I mean, even Spencer Martin's numbers aren't great because the environment sucks in front of him. I mean, people are lauding Spencer Martin like he's been terrific this year, right? And he's 4-1-1. One, and, one. and hey, well, all that matters is you winning games as a backup goaltender. His save percentage is 898. His goals against is 349. 
it kind of just tells you about what the environment's been like in front of these goaltenders for the for for the entirety of the season so far. Yeah, and I'll bank on Thatcher Demko to work himself out of this. Uh, I'm not sudden. I'm not in a spot where I think, oh yeah, the defense will suddenly uh, improve and it'll look very fluid. Uh, at some point, you'll see the best version of Thatcher Demko even with this defense at some point this season. But the exciting bit is what Thatcher Demko will look like as they improve yes. the talent level of the defense. Absolutely. All right, we'll get to more of your t- takes on the text inbox and on the phone boards. But before we do that, here is head coach Bruce Boudreaux after a 5-4 loss against Vegas here at Rogers Arena. Well, I thought we came out <clears throat> determined and uh, uh, playing hard. And that's how we got three goals in that short period of time. And then once uh, once they scored one, it was like, oh, here we go again. And uh, we, we're back on our heels, and they came at us. And uh, uh, then they got three. So, I mean, uh, it's it, those are the, the tough games to take because, I mean, you think your team plays so hard and they want to win so bad and they come out and they get nothing for it. So uh, it's very disappointing. Earlier in the season, a lot of the goals were cross-seam, it seemed. Mm-hmm. Tonight, it just seemed there's a lot of uncontested uh, goals on their part, even sort of being around the blue paint. Well, I think all the goals were scored around the blue paint. You know, I mean, not just their their goals, our goals too. And we knew even with the one that was called back in the in the first period, we talked about that there's been four goals scored, and every one of them has been in the blue paint. So, I mean, we wanted to get inside them and... Uh, we did, and uh, uh, we work on you know on certain box out drills all the time. And they got the inside and uh, on a couple on a couple plays in the third period, and, and then they scored and uh, on goals that you know were suspect. Talk to us about the decision to challenge when the camera lens was uh, on the, after the camera. Well, I mean it's a, it's a uh, an instrument that's out of play, so I mean you can't have an instrument that's out of play and then hit it and come back into play. And so, I mean, it, to me, it was an easy challenge. I mean, that was the, that's the rule. So, I mean, I knew the rule. Was it immediately clear to you that it was a piece of the camera? That well, no, once I found out that it was a piece of the camera, I didn't know what it was, but, I mean, I knew it was something. And there's, uh, you know, there's other rules about littering uh, on the ice, and then, uh, but, I mean, you, you don't stop it for one piece like that, but... Uh, it was, uh, you know, I thought that was a reprieve, and then it gave us about two or three minutes to to catch our breath, and, you know, they come out and they score again. What do you think of how Horvat and Miller did uh, against Jack Eichel, or the Horvat and Miller line? Well, they were on for a lot of goals against, so, they, you know, you know the answer before you're asking me. You also changed it up uh, midway through the second. What were you looking for with Besser being elevated? Well, I just thought uh, that, the line was struggling a little bit, and so I thought I'd you know change it up a little bit and see if it get going any better. When you're on the bench and you're seeing your team playing more passively than you would like while defending a lead, what is going through your mind? What do you say to the players on the bench? Well, we, we talk about playing aggressive and playing forward and going at them and not backing in and getting it deep and forechecking and doing all the things that got us to where we were getting the lead. And uh, but you know, I mean. Sometimes it happens, and obviously, like, I mean, you'd, you'd wish that uh, everything you said would come true uh, in, in what you wanted the players to do, but it's a game of hockey. They want to win, too. So they come out, and, and they, they throw four guys at you, and, they, and if they're a little quicker, they get to the puck a little, little faster, and 
and that's when bad things happen. Is it a matter of them being kind of gun-shy and where to get the... I don't think they're gun-shy anymore. I mean, they know, you know, I mean, uh, we just went through, we were 6-4-1 and one in the previous 11, so they shouldn't be gun-shy. I mean, there's a lot of experience out there. We're not playing with... Uh, all 18-year-olds, you know, I mean, there's guys that have been around and played in, in tough situations before, so um, that, that shouldn't happen. You've been at this a while in this game. Like, those first three games of the season when you let multi-leads get away, there sort of was this, oh, my goodness, like, this is incredible. It's happened it's seven times now in, in 19. Like, does that surprise you at this stage that it continues to happen? Oh, yeah, because it shouldn't happen. And we practice on defending every day. You guys are up there. You see it. That's all we really work. We don't work on too much offense. We're scoring enough goals, but we work on defending. And it uh, uh, obviously uh, still needs more work. Do you need more from your veteran defensemen? Uh, you guys are putting words in my mouth. I'm not, we need more from everybody, all 20 guys. What about those extended possessions that the other teams have? Is there something, what are you looking for to break up? What are we looking for? We're, we're looking to get the puck away from them. Isn't that, the, isn't that what you're supposed to do? Did it feel like the puck handling mistakes Demko made kind of got him off his game? I don't know if it got him off his game. It was definitely a mistake that you know led to a goal. Do you have any thoughts on sort of offside challenges where the goal disallowed is 30-plus seconds away from... When the offside infraction yeah that's an interesting question I know it's been brought up before um, the length um, but in, in, you know until they change it it's, it's there you know so it's uh, uh, it, it was uh, we had possession in their end for 30 seconds it goes both ways just to let you know um, uh, so I mean uh, it's but if that's the rule that's the rule. That is Canucks head coach Bruce Boudreaux after a 5-4 loss against the Vegas Golden Knights and sounded a little bit frustrated, of course, and, well, he didn't really want to take the bait too much and uh, push push back on uh, people putting words in his mouth about specific criticism to people. I think what he meant tonight was you can't just blame it on the defense either, and I think it was telling when he talked about guys needing to box out in front of your net, and that's just not your defenseman. We talked about their sentiment having to do that, off draws especially, when guys go to the net in a couple instances, that didn't happen, and, of course, defensemen as well. But we'll just go through the goals, right? It's it's real simple here. Uh, the Stone goal, you know, Ethan Bear gets bodied. Now, look, that's going to happen. It's Mark Stone versus Ethan Bear. I can kind of forgive that one, but you, you, you have to make it as tough as you can for Mark Stone. Carrier, Bo Horvat's on the wrong side of that. Um, Carrier again. It's again, it's just like we talked about Brock Besser on the Petrangelo goal, right? Can you grab a body on the Riley Smith goal? Can you grab a body on the Carrier goal? It just non-stop it's like the, 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 these are goals being scored in prime real estate where they have sticks free and they're able to convert are you making it tough for them and in the critical moments Canucks forwards and, and D-men didn't no they didn't they, they absolutely didn't do enough for here tonight right and the frustrating part about all this and we can go through all this is having the lead and losing it again because we know this Canucks team isn't good like we know they're not a good great hockey team we know that they're not at their absolute best but with the way they won hockey games last year wasn't by winning the five-on-five battle consistently it was by winning the special teams and goaltending battle 
And if you give yourself a chance to have four goals, you should win this hockey game. And they weren't able to do so. And that's where the problems lie here more than anything to me. Nine even strength goals tonight. Not even string calls. Yeah. I mean, there's only two penalties in the whole game. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. Uh, all right, we'll keep uh, uh, going to the thoughts coming in on the text inbox. Let's go to the phone board, 604-280-0650. Let's go to Mike in North Van. Mike, thanks for calling in. Uh, what do you have for us tonight? Hey, Sad, it's Mike and Curtis. What's, what's going, going on, on guys? Today? Yeah, man, what's happening? Hey, what you got so, for us? Yeah, we – we uh, so the big concerning point that we have is – 14 out of the 19 games, the Canucks have let in four goals or more. I just want to get your guys' thoughts on that. That's a pretty concerning stat, which you're not going to win a lot of hockey games when you let four goals in every game. Anyway, nice to hear your voice back. Yeah, man, thanks for the phone call. Awesome stuff uh, from you guys, Mike and Curtis, to calling in. But, I mean, you you got four goals, you should win. There's been too many of these nights here tonight. And, again, like – you know, Thatcher Demko's night, I think, kind of encapsulated the Canucks season in many ways. A good 30, 40 minutes, right? A good 50 minutes. But there's about 5, 10 minutes in a game or 15 minutes in a game or a whole third or a whole period where they're just so far behind the other team that it undoes all the good they've done before, too. And that's what I mean by it wasn't that bad tonight because you had the lead. Like, they were in this game the whole way. Like, it wasn't at any point where you felt like, okay, they're really out of it. Yes, Demko had to make a lot of saves, but... They were in the game. They had a two-goal lead in the third again. Like it's <laughs> close it out, yeah, right? And, and, and I, I wonder if that's like part of what Bruce was talking about, right? Of you know, we're, we're asking them not to fall back, and we're asking them to, to consistently forecheck hard. And you know, you, you just look at the something as basic as the shot totals, right? They get thirteen. Vegas gets thirteen shots against. Uh, or sorry, on goal in that period. The Canucks also get thirteen, but how much is that coming late? Obviously, in the period. It just, it basically just comes down to not good enough. Yeah, and ultimately, th- there's there's one thing to say, okay, they're not talented enough, and they're just not good enough to compete. But are you are you giving an honest effort? And that's the thing. Like tonight, it, it was good, but not good it, enough. It's, it's basically like a forty minute effort, basically. No, for sure. I mean, it's not good enough. It's like we talked about. I mean, there were some performances this year that were like abject disasters. This wasn't an abject disaster, but that's not a bar you look at and say, "Oh, this is what it has to be." But they were outgunned tonight, right? Like they were, but at the same time, I don't know. All right, we'll keep it going here. We'll get to more of your takes on the text inbox and also on the phone boards as the Canuck Central Post Game Show rolls on. It's Sat and Bick on Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Back to more Canucks Central post-game show coverage. This is where you talk Canucks on the official home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Face off in the Vegas zone, won by the Canucks. Pedersen got into Kuzmenko, right point, dumps it behind the goal for McCabe, in front for Pedersen, run by Thompson, he gets his own rebound, and scores! The Canucks straight quickly right off the faceoff, and Pedersen makes it 4-2. Elias Pedersen, strong game from him tonight. Not enough for the Canucks. They lose 5-4 on home ice against the Vegas Golden Knights, and this is the Canucks Central Post Game Show on Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Satyar Shaw with Bick Nazar. Keep your thoughts coming into our text inbox, 650-650. And uh, we are going to go to the phone boards coming up in a second here, 604-280-0650. And uh, Thatcher Demko has been taking a lot of criticism on the text inbox here tonight because, well, he allowed five goals. And, you know, like we talked about, 
he was really good for most of this game. In the third, not good enough. Canucks had a lead and just not able to close it. Let's continue on the phone boards, and, and let's go to Surrey where Mike is on the line. Mike, thanks for calling in. Uh, what do you have for us tonight? Hey, man. Um, hey, how's it going? Look, good. How are you? Uh, I, I thought, like, I was really on board with it. Like, we're winning 4-2, to two, you know, and I guess I guess one of my my main point tonight is is that I I, I can't believe I can't believe we we fell apart after that four to two. But mm-hmm. I I was literally sitting there thinking like okay, so it became four to three, and I'm like oh crap, and it came to four to four. And when when they when they uh, they had that stoppage to uh, check whether it was a goal or not, with you know. Yeah. I was like, okay, now's the time you gotta pull Demko because he was fluttering, man. He he was he was really having a hard time, and I he just what he's not the Demko we know, and I love the guy, I love him, I do, I love him, but he's just not there right now, and I I, I wish at that moment that they pulled him and put in our backup because it w- it would have you know, and because you know what, sometimes you know when you put in the backup, the team plays harder, right? And I mean, I could be wrong, but I mean, honestly, sometimes you know the backup plays harder. And uh, I just thought, you know, it would have been a good. And boom, we left him in, and oh, just oh, oh, man, yeah. it just sucks. I hear, you. I hear but, you, um, Mike. Yeah, what else you got? What else you got? All right, uh, we just dropped up, uh, Mike. All right, but I get the frustration about that. Um, typically, though, when there's a one goal game like that, that late in the game. Is not a situation you see a goalie get pulled and and, and all of a sudden you stole Spencer Martin into a game where it's tied four four or five four that and late. It's cold. It, yeah. yeah, it's just it's just too late in the game for that to happen. It's I mean because Demko was really good for the first forty. I, you could I could have made the point. Okay, maybe you do it after a second period, but he played so well. Mm-hmm. And I just think his game kind of fell apart really late in, in the game for everybody, and it was kind of too late to do anything about it. And, and again, the team in front of him didn't help him either. No, but I hear the exasperation yes. in Mike's voice. He's like. I, how many more leads can you blow? I mean, they've blown seven multi-goal leads yeah. this season. The record is, what, 13? 13, yeah. Uh, held by, if you just uh, stall here for a second, yeah. it is uh, held by the 85-86 Red Wings and Devils and the 13-14 Islanders. Uh, so the Canucks are over halfway there to get to 13. Uh, certainly a record you do not want to have. Uh, and yeah, it's it, we have another text here. They're thirteen and six with twenty six points and third best overall record. If the Canucks just hold on to multi goal leads, that is uh, G texting in. And, and yeah, it's like the margins are are thin. But the thing is, it's, it's like they're not they're losing these games in regulation. Like mm-hmm. that's the alarming bit. Like yeah. we, we've talked about manageable losses last season. This is another one where they lose it in regulation. And these points, you've made this point too many times. Like, they don't come back. This could just be another scenario where it's just like, hey, another lost two points. And come the end of the season, if you manage to pull yourself back in this and you're at 91, you're going to look back at the start of the year and say, boy, we could even use another five points from OTLs. And yeah. they're just not going to be available, let alone regulation wins. And, and that plays a factor in tiebreakers too, right? So it's uh, – I, I chalked this up to another – you know, choked lead that we've seen so far this year. Um, I don't know, akin to the Flyers and the the Capitals game, and 
Blue Jackets, right? Like we've seen this time and time and time again so far this year. Yeah, absolutely. And they, they just give it up way too often. All right, uh, we have time to get another couple calls in here. Uh, let's keep things going in Surrey where Ryan is on the line. Ryan, uh, thanks for calling in. What do you have for us tonight? Oh, my God, is that me? Yes, it's you, buddy. Oh, wow. Okay, uh, I have a few points. I can hit them pretty quick if you guys let me. Uh, first off, hats off to you guys. Uh, take a pat on the back. Like, you are here covering the team, and we love you for that. So that's freaking awesome. Thanks, buddy. Um, just, seriously, like, I listen to you guys a lot. You guys are awesome. I love you guys. Um the fifth goal, the fifth Vegas goal. Um, if I if I am correct, we were in our in their zone, and there was a missed call where Bull Horvat's stick was held very clearly, an obvious call, and it was not called. And then the puck went into our zone, and we got scored on, and we lost the game. So this is game management, and this is how games are rigged. The game was rigged. We lost because the game was rigged. And props to the referees because they are fantastic at what they do. They do this consistently. They rig games. They rig games. And we will never, ever be allowed to win in this league until the Aquilinis give up the team. Seriously. Yeah. They're a bunch of assholes. All right. All uh, right. Thanks for the phone. Hey, listen, you guys can say what you got to say. Just... Again, language. I, I, listen, I'll let you say what you need to say. You know, somebody else texted in. Bob texted in. Can, can I? Can we say sell the team? Yeah, you can say whatever you want. You're a fan. You can call in. Just you got to keep it clean. That's all. That's Be all respectful. You do. That's it. Just you got to keep it clean. That's all you got to uh, do. That's it. I'd have to go back and watch the holding the stick. I don't. Uh, it, it doesn't jump out to me. But honestly, like honestly, it's, they they kept it pretty fair tonight. Um, one penalty each. Right, and and my thing has always been like I understand you're going to get bad officiating sometimes. My thing is just be consistent throughout the game. And I thought by and large they were fairly consistent. Uh, the officials through tonight again. I'll, I'll go back and watch this uh, to, to Ryan's point of uh, holding the stick. Uh, it didn't leap out to me. Uh, Bo's near the net on that, and he changes so Nils Oman jumps on, uh, and that's kind of where that scramble drill maybe starts. But uh, I'll, I'll bring it up here as we go to the next callers here. Yeah, for sure. Let's keep things going. Uh, and let's go to Nathan, who's also in Surrey. Nathan, thanks for calling in. Uh, what do you have for us tonight? Hey, boys. Hey, hey what's up? You know, I usually like to bring the good vibes, and uh, I usually like to be the guy who's positive and calls in. But, uh, I mean, there, there's positives I could talk about tonight, but I think the most glaring thing is just, I've never seen someone the epitome of his own name more than Riley Stillman. Like, oh ho, let's back up against LA and give them an in tight two on zero or whatever it was, two on one, last game. And oh ho, ooh, Eichel's locks waving in the air, looking pretty good. He's looking cute. Let me slow down and watch and let him have an in tight chance. Like I, I bet Francesco could defend better than Stillman. But heck. Put Shaq out there. Maybe he'll body someone at least. Or a pylon. Or even Sat. Like, come on. Yeah. At least Sat will be chirping at the boys, getting them going and getting the effort better. <laughs> like, what's it going to take? What's it going to take for Bruce to just be like, you know what? This guy's never going to get trade value. Let's send him down to the AHL. 
and let's rotate Burroughs and Rathbone. Like, like, what do you guys think about that? I, I, I don't know. I'm a lost for words at this point. I don't know what to say. Hey, Nathan, uh, thanks for the phone call. I mean, I think we're all kind of lost for words, aren't we? As far as, like, what to try. I mean, I, listen, I, I think there is an option in, in Kyle Burroughs you can play on the back end that's been better than a guy like Riley Stillman. I think there are certain things you can do. I can't blame Bruce for this season, though, because the team is so flawed and has its problems, and we've seen them now have the same issues under a second head coach that I'm not putting on it on the coach. But is the coach really putting the best lineup out there every night? I, I fail to feel that is accurate when I see Stillman keep getting out there game in and game out. Uh, yeah, no, it, it's it's the coach's job to you know give his players the the best chance to succeed uh to to get the result and like every time riley stillman's put in the lineup right now i'm not looking at this and saying like oh yeah this is the best 18 man roster you're putting out there and and you've got a great chance to succeed so i did just to the earlier caller's point think it was ryan uh just taking a look at that horvat holding the stick in the context of this game, I'm not calling that a penalty, but I can understand why you would. Like, Petrangelo lands on a stick, and as he's getting up, Bo's kind of got the stick there, and he kind of does the chicken wing, kind of holds it there. I I don't think that's a penalty in this game, the way that it was called, because there was a lot of that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can understand. It's like, hey, maybe that should have been called. I, I don't necessarily think that's an egregious one, but... Hey, we're sitting here after a 5-4 loss. People are grasping at things. I get it. <laughs> yeah, I get it, man. It's frustrating. Um, I mean, Andy texted, or he's tweeting, and, he, and he's talking about um, why is the bar so low? You guys saying not that bad or whatever it is. I think people are missing the context of the not that bad comment. The context was the Canucks had a 4-2 lead in the third period. Overall team game tonight was not that bad. They had a chance to win this game. Thatcher Demko didn't make enough saves in the third period. They should have won this hockey game. It wasn't like some of those other games where it's like, these guys have no chance tonight. It doesn't matter. Like, they have no chance. They're, they're playing two different sports. The other team is playing a different sport. Mm-hmm. Vancouver's just here trying to play something on ice. The this isn't playing. like the, the Bruins game. Yes. Like, it wasn't like they're non-factors. Like, yeah. they, it wasn't that bad in terms of they had chances. They had control of the game in the third period. And they didn't get saves. They made mistakes as well. But it wasn't like they didn't have a chance to win this hockey game. Like, they should have won this hockey game. That's the point. You should have won this hockey game. Now, is that because your defense sometimes? Yes. Is it sometimes because your forwards make a lot of mistakes? Yes. And sometimes it's because your goaltending hasn't been good, good enough this season. Take your pick. E- every time we talk about this team, it's either goaltending letting them down, the overall team game letting them down, the PK letting them down. There's something critically going wrong for this team that makes them lose hockey games. From an overall team perspective against a Vegas Golden Knights team, I didn't think they played all that bad tonight, despite the fact, you know, Vegas had more chances. Like, they were in the game, but they blew it. Nothing excuses blowing it. It's just tonight... I thought they did enough to win when they had the 4-2 lead, despite all their flaws, and goaltending let them down. I'm trying to think. So against the Flyers, they have that shorthanded goal, which is kind of the backbreaker, and they never really got back into it. Uh, against the Blue Jackets, that was a back-to-back, and uh, was the OT? Yeah, they, they they have a little bit of stake in OT, but Goudreau makes a great play. It, it, it's It's always something different. I know against the Predators, Riley Stillman had a tough one, and they were just weak in the third period, so that's another one. Uh, that was early November. 
and then against the Leafs, like we were just kind of going through all these blown leads. They were really good in the first period, but they were listless the rest of the way. It's never one smoking gun, and it's you know it, it's convenient for people to say it's it's this thing. This mm-hmm. is why it keeps happening. No, it's everyone. Some, tonight again, part of it was the goaltending, but there's been so many other nights when it's been a, 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 a mixture of issues. And, you know, we've defended the goaltending in, in weeks past and blown leads past because what's happening in front of them. And man, it, it just that's why we talk about big picture things all the time, because too often, like these are unserious moments by a group of players that are un- far too often unserious. Yeah, it's just the reality, you know, and tonight I thought. And Boudreaux was right when he talked about boxing out, and, and you really noticed it a couple times earlier, but especially when, you know, Vegas scored that 4-3 goal, then it goes 4-4, mm-hmm. four, four, and then, you know, it kind of becomes a bit of a fire drill. And, and look, end. it's going to happen once, but, like, that's less than that. It's yes. happened once. Correct Don't do it, it again. Cor- exactly. Where's the corrective behavior? Man, we were going deep. Down. Corrective behavior. Like, I like this. It, it has to happen. when Like, someone on the bench has got to be like, boy, we're really not boxing out here. And they're converting not just one, now two, now three chances. Fix the next one. And it never, ever happens so far this season. They allow problems to fester to grow into massive issues. And, and they're just not picking up these points. When Again, I, I just did the math here again through 19 games. Uh, they've been tied for 30% of these games. They've been leading for 37%. And they've been trailing for 32%. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's fairly even. But when you look at that and the, most of the games that they're leading in, and... It's 15 points through 19 games. Not yeah. good enough. Not good enough. It, it, it's the three words that uh, define the opening 19 games, and and to me, defines what this core has done now for for multiple years. Yeah, uh, absolutely, um, man. <laughs> a lot of reaction on the text inbox. 650, 650. Uh, Jay and Poco start selling. You got to start making changes right now, um, and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, OMG, I jinxed it tonight when it was 4-2, uh, right when I said we're going to hold on to the lead this time. They won't come back. The Knights got the third goal. I didn't expect they would give up yet another lead. Also, I literally died when I saw Rutherford walking away after the original 5-4 goal. Seems like he couldn't watch anymore. Thoughts on that? It was funny. You saw Rutherford walk off, and he didn't leave. He went back and, and sat down. He, he was paced. back. He, he, but it was funny, and then you saw the look on Patrick Alvin's face and Emily Castell Gay's face. It was it was pretty good. It was it was good. It was really good theater. Cutting off, cutting away to the Canucks box after that. It was it was really good. I, I thought that was outstanding. Uh, all right, uh, we'll keep the thoughts coming in on your text inbox. Let's get one more phone call in here uh, before we get to the break. We'll get to Ian McIntyre and some post game audio from Canucks players as well. Let's go to Maple Ridge where Gary's been very patient to get on. Gary, thanks for hanging on there, buddy. Uh, what do you have for us? tonight uh first of all can you hear me all right yeah we got you uh this is what i would do uh thatcher denko would be sitting next game next thing i would do is i would be sitting uh brock besser because he had no he was standing like a telephone pole when uh uh one of my favorite defensemen uh put the puck in the net thirdly uh i would be definitely looking and i hate to say this but I would be looking for a new coach because Burroughs has not played. Uh, uh, Stillman's been playing. He's been uh, there. Should have been a timeout at the four to three or four four to four goal. He isn't doing his job. And I'll say this before I, just before I leave you. 
about, uh, I guess about last month or even before that, the um, Boston Bruins gave away or got rid of their goaltender. They're now now playing a goaltender by the name of Olmark, and he's got a 10 or 11 and 1 record. Uh, goaltending wins hockey games. Fools don't. That's it. Thanks, guys. Hey, thanks for the phone call. Uh, that is Gary calling in. I mean, listen, I don't think Boudreaux is putting the best lineup out there every day, right? I don't but, think so. Yeah. But I don't think it's a fireball offense. No. And I think that's the difference here. Like, we can sit here and criticize Boudreaux and criticize um, certain things. I don't think anything he's done this season is a fireball offense. At least it's not as far as we know. Unless there's some stuff that's going on that we don't know about, I don't, I don't think it is. After 12 games, you know, I kind of said, hey, let's see how this tracks towards game 25. I think some of it's been corrected. But, like, your third-pairing D-man is so low leverage, it shouldn't be that big of a deal. There's so many big, bigger picture issues here. We'll talk about the, some of those issues on the other side as the Canuck Central postgame show rolls on. IMAC comes by and more of you on Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Now more of the Canucks Central Post Game Show, bringing you the most Canucks coverage in BC. Only on the official home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. And it's dumped into on Thatcher Demko, handles side of the goal, tried to clear it, hit Carlson, and bounced back into the near corner. Now Marcheso behind the goal, centering pass at the far post. Riley Smith jams it home. As the Golden Knights. Get in on the four check, and Smith is there to cash inside of the net, and Vegas has tied the game at four before the nine-minute mark of the third period. Canucks not getting enough saves, not enough. Well, they did get bounces tonight, and I think that's the frustrating part. It was 5-4 for Vegas, and that goal was disallowed after it was determined the puck hit a camera along the glass, the partitioned little small hole uh, along the glass in the Canucks' end. And it uh, got a lens flying onto the us. It disallowed the goal. It was 4-4 again. Canucks had a chance, yet they couldn't take advantage of it and lose 5-4 on home ice against the Vegas Golden Knights. And this is the Canucks Central Postgame Show on Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Satyar Shaw with Bick Nazar. Uh, and Bick, before we get to uh, uh, some player audio here ahead of Ian McIntyre, what's popping on the text then box? 650-650. Uh, if you're unsigned text here, if you're Boudreaux, why not call a timeout after the third Vegas goal? You say your team is on the heels, on their heels, and you see Vegas coming. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it, you know, timeout usage is so fickle. Um, because you know, do you call that one and raise alarm anyways, and say, hey, like we don't have faith in you? You know, you have a one goal lead. It, it's it's not as if it was. You know, four nothing or four nil on uh, World Cup night here today. Ah, uh-huh, four uh, nil, very good. And they work their way back to three, four three, and then you're like, hey, let's pause and stop the bleeding here. Um, you know, I, I was just worried about that kind of mentality, and 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 do you kind of put them into a fragile space when they're already kind of fragile? Um, so I, I it, it's a coin toss. Like I see the reasons why you do it. I see the reasons why you don't. Up to the the man in charge of the timeouts, I guess. Um, but people are going to have different opinions on, on timeout usage. Uh, and this one, uh, I'm so happy Canucks fan base aren't in charge of goaltending. They sound silly <laughs> blaming Demko. Again, tonight? Tonight, okay. I think he bears some of the responsibility yeah, by good in the third. season. He wasn't good in the third, and he hasn't been good enough so far this season. It mm-hmm. doesn't mean, however, that 
you should get rid of him. You know what I mean? Like, there's a difference between being critical and critiquing somebody's play and then talking about getting rid of them or talking about how they're no longer good. I mean, being bad for a moment or being bad for a spell doesn't make the player a bad or an unimportant player. It just means they're struggling at the time. And for the Canucks, well, it's, it's really hurting them as far as their quest to get back to 500 so far on this season. Uh, all right, uh, let's go to some audio here from Canucks players. Um, Luke Shen had a bit of a scary moment, took a puck off the head, had to leave the game, but came back. And uh, here he is post-game talking about the loss, but talking about uh, getting hit in the head with that puck in the second period. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, kind of went into shock a little bit. I didn't know, kind of know what happened and was able to kind of to get up and, and uh, feel okay. But yeah, um, got lucky for sure. A uh, bit of a bit of a cut, but uh, nothing, nothing too serious. Yeah, yeah. I came off and had to get some stitches and talk to the doctors and went through all the protocol and and they did a great job and uh, I was I was very well taken care of for sure. So I'm thankful for that. Another multi goal lead that goes by the wayside. How frustrating is that for you guys at this point? Yeah, I mean, there's inexcusable. I mean, uh, there's literally. <laughs> It's it's not nothing to do with systems or what the coaches are telling us. It comes down to battle and compete, and you know, we're we're getting out muscled and out battled in front of the net and in the blue paint. And you look at pretty much every goal tonight. Maybe maybe one or two not, but uh, on both sides. But every goal scored straight on the blue paint. So got to be a lot harder there. And you know, we we practiced all the time for whatever reason. Um, got you know, everyone just needs to to be better uh, in in front of Denver there, and and that's where where games are won and lost. On your goal, how did you see that develop? Was it just getting a puck to the net? Yeah, pretty much. Obviously, Hughesy made a great play there. Uh, pretty, pretty uh, unbelievable little little plays. He was dancing out there on the line tonight, and um, made a nice little saucer pass where the guys stick to me. And yeah, like you said, I, I knew I had some traffic and some bodies in front of the net, and, and just tried to get it there. So um, all the credit goes to Hughesy and and, uh, and the guys, you know, taking away the goalie's eyes for me. But when you guys have those multiple lose, do you, do you think what could have been, or do you even dwell in the past? Well, there's no question. I mean, you know, scoring goals isn't our issue. So I mean, yeah, keeping one of the net and, and obviously giving up leads and finding different ways to lose. Yeah, there's no question that if you look at it. I mean, um, we're we're in most games, and if not leading in, in a lot of the games. So uh, it all comes down. Like I said, I, I think I've set it in training camp and I'll, I'll stick to it it's, it comes down to defending and we have more than enough goals to, to win games and it comes down to competing winning your battles in the corner um, being strong in front of the net being assertive in the D zone and, and uh, not letting guys to the inside it's just, just you know sometimes it's, it's just way too easy and uh, that's, that's why you lose games that is Luke Shen after a Canucks 5-4 loss and Way too easy. Way too easy. But he's right. I mean, you know, Boudreaux talked about it as well. Way too soft in front of your own goal. And, yeah, I know you're not getting the saves that you need, but it's way too easy. It's way too easy for guys to guys for guys to get the inside position on, on players. They, the Canucks should be boxing guys out. They don't do that enough. And, you know, p- people got mad at me because I was talking about Bo Horvath's defensive game. I'm like, hey, he's scoring a lot, but defensively here are some issues. I talked about JT Miller's defensive game as well, and it's like, you look at a couple of the plays tonight, who gets boxed out? It's Bo Horvat by Carrier. Who makes a critical defensive mistake? It's JT Miller in his own end. These guys, in his own end. That's these guys are scoring. Point. These guys have points. Lots of points. But are they doing enough things for you to win hockey games? No, they're not. 
And that's why I'm unimpressed. Elias Pettersson, he's doing those things to try to win hockey games. Yeah. He's doing the defensive details and, of the And game. honestly, fans are recognizing the one thing that's coming on top of, you know, consistent texts about Riley Stillman, Tyler Myers, on and on into, into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Uh, a lot of love for Elias Pettersson, uh, Neely Mikheyev, and, and some Andre Kuzmenko as well. Uh, this one from earlier. On another note, absolutely continue to be impressed with how 40 shows up everywhere. Absolutely amazing. And, and that's been a sentiment from a lot of people coming in, looking for the positive of what this night was tonight and what the season has been so far. Uh, a lot of people very much impressed with uh, Elias Pettersson. And why not? Uh, he, and he deserved a goal tonight because he was fantastic, constantly battling. A little unlucky on one moment. Uh, you know, uh, battles with Jack Eichel in the second period, and it kind of OEL turns it over, and there's a good chance. But when when they were out, it always felt like something positive was going to happen uh, with Mikheyev and Kuzmenko, and that and that line continues to be very impressive. I I, I can understand why there's not a lot of trust in Kuzmenko. It's small sample size, and you got to earn that trust. But I think at this stage, uh, you got to run that that line out as your number one line uh, they're they're productive that's your stopper line to me and when it gets to a point and you know maybe when Tanner Pearson was back they're gonna put Miller back in the middle um I would just look at it and say the Horvat line and the middle line go try to produce and your matchup line is Elias Pettersson and you know what he's gonna do he's gonna win that matchup and he's also gonna put up points yes and he's 10 even strength goals this year. Like The goals aren't even coming on the power play. These aren't cheap goals. This isn't, you know, Horvat Miller have got their production as well on the power play. Elias Pettersson is going to have this boon of production at some point because it comes on the power play. The goals are going to start going Oh, in. I know. And, it, and it's like... <laughs> he barely no, touches the puck on the power play. It's amazing. Nothing about his production is unsustainable. Nothing yeah. about his production is unsustainable. Yeah, he's got a lot of even strength goals, but his shooting percentage isn't even astronomical. It's still slightly, but it's around his career average of 17%. Tremendous. So, like, he's he's not he's, and not he's shooting like, more uh, this year, too. Yeah, That's he's, thing. he's not being lucky. Like, if anything, there's more there. There's more meat on the bone like we've been talking about. And as far as Elias Pettersson is concerned, here he is post-game talking about how, well, despite him having success tonight and finding the back of the net, uh, it, was, it was a rather frustrating evening for the team. Very frustrating. I mean, we uh, come back, we get up in a two-goal lead, and then they score three quick on us. We can let it happen. What is it about the multi-goal leads that you guys have struggled with this year? Do you think? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's. I mean, guys. I mean, all of us want to win. All of us are trying, but what's the right answer? Is I don't know. Disappointing is that when you have the, the crowd, then Elias and a two goal lead, and the building's in your favor, and they get one uh, short time after to kind of take the window. So. Yeah, I mean, you you said it pretty well, Murph. Um, get the crowd into it. We, um, um, yeah, and then we let them score one. Uh, kind of change the momentum quick, and then they score another one. So it's. I don't know. We just can't let let that happen. It's been happening way too many times this season. Um, yeah, it's it's just frustrating. Do you think it's a mental thing now, as much as a physical one when you have the lead. I don't know. Again, I don't know what the right answer is. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just we just gotta like love being in those moments, and I think we do. But <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It's been happening too many times. It's it's not good enough. How'd you see your goal? The puck bouncing back to you on the rebound. Yeah, um, uh, Kuz uh, rimmed it around the net. I uh, make him a good pass. I shot it quick. Hit the post. Uh, I got mad quick, and then uh, the the puck bounced back right on my tail, so he tried to whip it in. And yeah, luckily it bounced through the defense leg, and then you got a couple saves too. <laughs> yeah, well, we um, it's probably gonna it's probably gonna be a highlight, and but um, it doesn't matter. I mean, we still gonna get the win. That's that's all I care about. Elias Pettersson, after a 5-4 loss against the Vegas Golden Knights, the W is all he cares about. And, yeah, I'm sure he's he's uh, probably happy with his production and his play so far this season. Listen, uh, you and I have talked a lot about how plus-minus, everybody's talked about how plus-minus is an, is an imperfect stat. Mm-hmm. I actually think this year for this Canucks team, however, it's pretty indicative of how this season has been going. Pettersson is plus-7 on this team. Which is by far the best number. Impressive. Mikheyev is plus five on this team. Luke Shen is also a plus seven, so he's tied with with uh, Elias Pettersson. That's why Luke Shen has been so impressive so far this season. So we talk about guys who are other big scorers on this team, right? J.T. Miller, eighteen points in nineteen games, ten goals, dash eleven. Bo Horvat, second most goals in the National Hockey League, fifteen goals, a lot of even strength, dash two. Brock Besser, dash 11. So, when you look at their other good players, they're not playing the details all that well. Pedersen can look at himself in the mirror and say, you know what, I'm doing everything I can I'm to help plus this. plus 7 on a team that's minus 10 differential. Yeah. That's really incredible. It is. It shows you how, how well that line's been playing and how locked in those guys have been. And despite the fact that other guys are scoring, they're padding their stats, sure, but how much are you doing to help the win team win hockey and, games? And by the way, when when asked about defending multi goal leads, you know, why it's an issue, and and what it is, he's out of answers, right? If and, and we've talked about this too, where some people are saying it's the goaltending, it's the defense, it's this, it's, it's 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 not one thing. Like there's a guy that would probably love to give you an answer of yeah, it's it's this. You got to compete more. Luke Shan kind of mentioned that too, but like it's been a little bit of something, a little bit of everything. Through these seven blown leads, multi-goal leads, it's it's not just one thing. And there's Elias Pedersen struggling to come up with an answer outside of I don't know, I yeah. don't know what it is. But I, I wouldn't begrudge him if he said it's not me. No, it's not me. I, I'm doing everything I can. It's not me. But I wanted to sit here tonight and be like, you know what? Uh, the coach should be playing Elias Pedersen more. And he's playing 20 minutes. He played 20 minutes t- tonight. This season he's averaging 20 minutes, which is the highest. So he is playing more. Let's be fair. He's, it's not like he's not playing. And and yet it still feels like it needs to be more. It does. Because Bo Horvat had 27 shifts. Pedersen had 25. Now, Bo Horvat played 23-47 because his average shift length is four seconds longer. We mentioned JT Miller's eight seconds longer, the shift length. And so... When I look at a guy who's disciplined, it's Elias Pettersson. To me, Elias Pettersson should be the guy who gets the most shifts out of any player on this team. Every single night. Every single night. Whatever, however that makes, however that looks. And you know what? I bet you even though he gets the most shifts, he won't get the most ice time. Because he's too disciplined for that to happen. Well, he probably also is able to win the puck in his own end and get it out of the zone. Probably a bit more uh, yeah. 
quickly than other guys. Uh, Jazzy says, if Pedersen plays like this, he deserves to be a Selkie finalist. I think it's certainly up there for debate. He doesn't win enough draws. I think that's what he gets criticized for more than anything. But he's on the PK. He's good defensively. He's been one of the best forwards in the league defensively. William and Langley, we should retire the Bruce There It Is chant going forward. The moment the crowd starts chanting is the moment the Canucks start blowing the lead. They got distracted and lost focus. So no longer Bruce There It Is for a while. That's William and Langley. I that suppose. Fun for fans. Listen, you have a multi goal lead. Teams should win those games. Man, if the fans are getting nervous at multi-goal leads, well, I mean, if, if the fa- it's, it's only going to lead to a more catastrophic environment. Like, the fans are into it. Yes, I'll they give, are. I'll give full credit to the fans for every single one of these home games this year, eighth on a year. They've been into every single one of these games, even when a jersey might fly over the ice or something like that. They've been emotionally, vocally engaged through all these games, despite seven blown leads on the season. And, like, what, you're, you're going to get fans now, like, hold your fandom at bay until the 60 minutes? No. Get engaged with it. It's on these guys to to follow up your passion in the seats as well. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, all right. Um, a lot of passion on the text inbox and the phone boards, and it's time to bring the closer into the show, the man who does it all. You hear him on TV. You, see, you hear him on radio. You see him on TV. You can read him on digital. You technically hear him on TV, yeah, you can. You can hear and see him, both. I encourage people to mute the TV when I speak. <laughs> I, I, yes, that's what I encourage people to do on the radio when I'm speaking. So I feel you, feel you on that. Ian McIntyre is our guest. Got to let Bruce speak here. There must be some kind of way out of here. All right. Would it be great if Bruce came out one day and be like, there's got to be someone out of here? <laughs> uh, and rocking a guitar while he did it. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. It would be. It would be. Be relief for him, perhaps. So, we do it again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It. There's been a lot of things that defy belief mostly in a bad way, about this first quarter for the Canucks. But the fact that they've had seven, unless I've miscounted, and I hope I haven't because I I just filed my story, but seven games out of 19 where they had a two- or three-goal lead, and I haven't gone back. Maybe you have how many of those were into the third period. But even, you know, the NHL, you're up by two or three at any point. You think you're going to get something out of the game. And they've lost these seven games and only twice have even gotten a loser point. So you're now looking at two points out of 14 Yeah, that, that you might have had. And it, you know, we've seen it. We've witnessed it. We're talking about it. But it's still hard to believe like that this has happened seven times out of 19 games. They, They're going to break their own record, which is the franchise record is nine. Uh, Batch texted me earlier, said they're on pace for 30 which is impossible. <laughs> but the NHL record is 13, and right now it's hard to see how they won't catch that one. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it feels different now than it did at the start because at the start you can, you know, that first road trip and it happened, the, their first, what, four games, you think, well, that, well that's an anomaly. It's never going to happen again. But, you know, it's happened three more times since and seven in total. And each time it happens, you know, it adds 
you would think a little more gravity and 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 desperation certainly brings more scrutiny to to what the problem is but they just cannot they cannot defend you know they got no problem scoring the problem is winning yes which is all that they had talked about in the off season is we know we have a, we know we have talented players mm-hmm. we know we can score goals we just need to learn to win we need to make the priority winning not scoring and uh, I'm not blaming their offensive players here, but I'm just saying, as a t- as a team, you know, they they just cannot defend the the front of their net. No, they can't defend the front of the net. They're not getting the critical saves, you know. And I think the frustrating part about a game like this was you weren't going to be the better team tonight against Vegas. They're they're superior team. So what you had to do was take advantage of your opportunities, and your best players be your best players. And yes. The mistakes happen for some of their best players, but Thatcher Demko, his game really fell off a cliff in the third because he looked in complete control. He looked like he was really good for the first 40 minutes or so, and then it just kind of all unraveled in the third, and that's something we haven't seen from him. Like That, I think, was the frustrating part. Watching the game tonight, because they should have won this hockey game, and if Thatcher Demko is just his normal self, they win this hockey game tonight, or at least they don't lose in regulation. Yeah, I... Th- I- I think we we brought the loss upon the team though by talking about Demko's progress. <laughs> we probably in the, did. In yes. The sec- yes. Second intermission. Yes. Yeah, he didn't. Look at uh, you guys jumping on that grenade. Yeah. <laughs> looking at the play-by-play, I couldn't find a save somewhere in the three goals. Now he he made one before the goal that didn't count. You know, the stone goal. But he just didn't. He didn't come up with anything when the game was being lost. And I feel like. The bigger problem, uh, bigger problem than the goaltending is what's happening in front of them. Like how they just, they're not physical in front of their net. They don't get to rebounds in front of their net. They don't tie up anybody in front of the net. And although they have guys who will block shots at, at key times, the puck yeah. always seems to get through and, and it's it's just chaos. Um, you know, that said goalie's job is to make saves when the team in front of him does break down. But I, I, I think, sad it does get back to part of what we were talking about on TV tonight, where Demko has never been through this at the NHL level. Yeah, uh, he, He's obviously played really well when the team has been bad in front of him. Yeah. So it's not that. It's not that he can't perform simply because the players in front of him are, are so porous right now because he's shown in the past that he, that he could. I mean, the the start of the uh, pandemic season, that 56-game season where he was he was so good, He, he that's essentially when he became the starter because yeah. he was so good, outplayed Braden Holtby, even though the team in front of him was a nightmare some nights. But as far as his own game not being sharp, it's the first time he's experienced this really at the NHL level, certainly as an NHL starter. And I think, you know, my guess is that he's struggling with it mentally. Like mm-hmm. he's he's got the same insecurities and frailties that everybody else does. You know, when, when things don't go well and you question yourself and you your confidence uh, dissipates and you, you can forget quickly 
how good it felt when things were going well. Mm-hmm. And this isn't really quickly now. We're now 19 games in. We're almost one quarter of the way through the season, Bick. Yeah. I'm not going to mention anything about a quarter poll. No polls. One no polls. quarter of the way. So I think, you know, when this chaos erupts in front of them, and there's always, it seems, with the Canucks, when they get into these situations and the lead starts to disappear you know, you you can you can feel you can feel their fear on the ice, their panic about what's happening, and you can certainly you can certainly see it in in how they, you know, as Bo Horvat said, they just stop playing, but still, you know, your goalie can can help with that. You know, your goalie can can reinstill some confidence and and save the team and it's it's a lot to ask and again i think the bigger problem is what's happening in front of demko than Dem- demko himself but it's it was awfully disappointing for him tonight not just for tonight but because he'd had you know two pretty solid games like he liked his game in yeah. boston i thought it was okay he thought he was only okay uh, against la i thought he was terrific and you know this had he come up with a couple of saves in the third period, the way he played through the first two, this would have been more momentum. This was mm-hmm. going to be a really good night for him. You know, he certainly was outplaying the other goalie, which hasn't happened very much this this season. But then he, you know, just kind of went down the current with the team in, in the third when things started mm-hmm. going in, in Vegas's favor. How much... Uh... I've already screwed up this question. Um, what, wow! I, I was gonna frame that was it two in, words. No, I was gonna frame it in a, in a okay. nefarious way. Um, uh, what does Elias Pettersson have to do to be the main primary shutdown guy? I, I'm surprised isn't like he got one minute against Eichel and Horvat and Miller got 15 tonight versus Eichel. I just look at it and it's like that's that's your yeah. matchup center. Well, he's he is their best defensive center. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's probably a matter of line mates. Like, as long as he's playing with Kuzmenko, that's not going to be mm-hmm. uh, a shutdown line. But I was thinking, you know, he is playing with Mikhaev, yeah. who's the best two-way forward that they have. So find another one. But it's not as if Garland or Bessa are exactly doing great on the top line anyways. No, but they're not. they haven't been good defensively. No, but so, if the argument is okay. Kuzmenko, right? It's like, well, I, I can't, we yeah, can't trust Kuzmenko. No, no, it's not no, as if no, Bessler and Garland are doing no, right I, there. I don't even want to have to explain it. If you think Kuzmenko can play a matchup role at this stage, you're you're nuts. But that's fine. I'm with you. But, but like the the guys on the other line, yeah. Well, aren't I think I, well either. I, yeah, I think that's part of the problem. They have to find some players who can who are competent. So if that means you put Curtis Lazar up the lineup, or you do something. Radical like switch Niels Aman to Elias Pettersson center, play him in the third period when you have the lead. Mm-hmm. You know they always. Uh, I've never really understood. You see coaches and Boudreau does it and Travis Green does it. They change when when you're behind and you specifically are looking for goals. You you will change players. Right. And we see that when they're looking for goals, for instance, they'll often play Myers with Hughes, right. They, mm-hmm. you know, Shen plays a little bit less, even though he's been probably their best defenseman this year, other than Quinn. And and they'll do that on forward lines as well. We saw him tweaking forward lines, partly because nothing was really going in the second period. 
So why not tweak things when your specific need is to protect a lead mm-hmm. and just play some of those guys less who aren't very good defensively and lean heavily on the guys who are. Now, I know that, you know, there's all kinds of egos involved and, and you know, you want to keep your best players on board. And especially when they are scoring, you want to feel like you're rewarding them for that by giving them opportunity. But again, seven games, they've, they've proven as, as a team and the way they are now that they can't defend leads. So try something, try something else, try something else. And I'd be inclined to, to go with Pedersen and Mikhaev and find a third and whatever you think the third is. And I don't care if the third never scores a goal when they're in that position where they're two or three goals ahead, mm-hmm. play them uh, against the other team's best players. Well, Ian, uh, that brings us to an end to the end of the show. It's, it's a late one tonight, all the way to almost midnight. Canucks lose 5-4 against the Vegas Golden Knights, and, well, now they go on a road trip, which isn't going to be much easier. No, which, again, is, is part of the pain, I'm sure, that they're feeling from this one tonight because this was a game I think they really had to have because, you know, the, the idea that you can now sweep – in Denver and, and Las Vegas seems pretty pre- preposterous, but that's what they have to do to win the week now for, for as Boudreaux likes to, to do. And if they just got this one over the finish line tonight, now you're looking at, okay, find a way to, to get a point or find a way to get two points from those two games and then really try to take advantage of San Jose, although that's not going to be easy either at the end of the trip. And, at the second half of a back-to-back, but it's just so disappointing tonight. We've, we've had a lot of disappointments so far. Who's a San Jose team that's suddenly above you in the standings? Now they played <laughs> two more games, but they're 4-3-3 and three and three in their last 10. Yes, and Carlson has turned back the clock 10 years and looks like even if the Sharks uh, fall far short of the playoffs, which I think they will, he's still going to be in the Norris conversation because that's how well he's playing. Yeah, yeah, he really is. And, uh, you know, for the Canucks on the back end, their best defenseman this season, outside of Quinn Hughes, has been Luke Shen. He's plus seven, tied with Elias Pettersson yeah, for the team massive. lead. Which is, which, I mean, hey, and I'm well, not saying Quinn is, he's better than Quinn, because, you know, Quinn's the most talented defenseman on the team. But you can make the case that the team's most reliable, steady defenseman has been Luke Shen. Yeah, yeah, I think I just said that, sort yeah. of, yeah. five minutes ago. No, but, I'm, I'm with you, but I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. 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 But uh, he listened to you if you were on TV. But, it, but, but in, ter- on in terms of with the lead, with the lead, he's he's better than Quinn. Like he's the guy you want to play ahead of Quinn or more minutes with the lead. Just saying, they don't have, they just don't have enough guys who, who have that appetite to defend and want to make that their identity. Yeah, and, and certainly Shen is one of those. Well, uh, he certainly is, and we'll see how long he remains a Vancouver Canuck free agent at the end of the season. And uh, oh, maybe he's a guy they can't. They feel like they. He can't does let feel go. like one of those rare. Like I know we we laugh at it sometimes, but he does feel like a trade and resign. Oh yeah, guy. he's a guy. If you tell you like nudge, nudge, wink, wink, he'll probably yeah. come back. Yeah, but. I don't think they'll trade and resign. I think they'll just go straight to the resign part. It wouldn't at, wouldn't a, shock at me. a reasonable number. It wouldn't number. shock me. That's what I was gonna say. It wouldn't shock me if that happens. Yeah, and he's a guy like. <laughs> I mean, we could talk more about him. Well, we we probably should at some time if they win a game and he plays you know as well as as he has all along but he's a guy that honestly he's better now than when 
the Canucks first re- rescued him from the minors. Like he's he's one of these rare players, mm-hmm. and we all know his limitations. He's never going to finish in the top half in a foot race, but he has figured out a way that he's now better. He's he's getting a little bit better with age. He's better this season than he was last season. He was better last season than he was when he first came to the Canucks, and. Uh, you know, we just see that he has so many things that the team otherwise lacks. They have to have him. No, uh, and we'll see if they ultimately do. Ian, great stuff as always. Make sure to read his latest on sportsnet.ca. He's Bick Nazar. Check him out on the People Show tomorrow, 3 to 4 on Sportsnet 650. And Lena and Eddie back at the station. Thanks for producing the show. And thanks to all of you for interacting, listening, and being part of the Canucks Central Postgame Show on the home of your Canucks, Sportsnet 650, and the Sportsnet Radio Network.